Hi, Jolene. Hey, brother. How are you? I'm great. How are you? Yeah. I'm especially great this week. Well, well, I just have a feeling I know why, but you're going to, but you can tell me, but don't ruin my question that I have for you. Oh, no. okay. Is it anything to do with the milestone birthday you celebrated this week? Well, you took the words right out of my mouth. Yes. A milestone birthday this week. I turned, should I say, or is that part of your question? No, it's not part of my question. Oh. So you, you can admit how old you are. It's better to, for you to out yourself than it is for me to do well, it. Well, it, and it's easy to admit how old, I, you know, when you hear what happened this week. So I turned 50 today. or not wow. today. Not today. I turned 50 on Wednesday. Sorry. This week I turned 50. See, you're already getting old and senile. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> it's already, the onset has begun. But, you know, since the pandemic, I, I'm working from home now and I have a whole team that I work with. And every morning at 9.15, we have a sales call where we, you know, we're all on it. We're talking about the day, the week, the everything. And, you know, it came up that it was my birthday and nobody really knew how old I was. And they, and so <gasps> somebody asked and I said, oh, well, yeah, I, I turned 50 and I wish I could have screenshot all, all of the their faces. faces. <laughs> They're like, no way you're 50. I mean, somebody thought I was 38, which, you know, I'm not, so they, that would have made you a teen parent. So <laughs> well, sure that, yeah. So, you know, I'm not a very vain person, but, you know, when you hear people think that you're, you know, low 40s or late 30s, you know, yeah. you go, okay, I, something, but either video isn't really great and they can't really see the, you know, me in high resolution, or I really do look younger than I actually am. I certainly feel younger than I actually am. Well, and that's so much you present yourself, you know, yeah, because of your energy and your enthusiasm. And um, yeah, so I mean, I could definitely see that people would think that you are younger than your chronological age. So yeah. Yeah. So hey, so well, this brings me to my question that I have for you, because 50 is a milestone. It's a big deal. You like half a century. Um, <laughs> let's 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 really play this up. Um, we should let the listeners know that you are my much older brother (laughs) so of course I want to get that in on the record um but so how does it feel to be 50 tell me so I I will know in the many years I have to go between now and then you know that's uh, I'm glad you asked and that's a question I've been asking uh, not asking answering all week long everybody's asking me how does it feel how does it feel and you know I've had quite a bit of time to think about it and it obviously doesn't feel any different than 49 but it doesn't feel it doesn't feel importantly like a milestone it really doesn't feel like a big milestone in my life because what i real came to realize is you know 30 is a milestone 40 is a milestone 50 is a milestone but they all feel about the same because your mm. your time in life your you know, that era in your life really doesn't change because in each one of those eras for most people, and certainly for me is, you know, you have kids at home, you're building your career, you know, daily life, the ins and outs of it doesn't change 30, 40, 50. It, it all feels the same. 60 is going to feel different because at 60, you know, the kids will be out of college they'll be out you know doing their own thing starting their own families that's the one that's the milestone i feel like that's going to hit me 
as mm. a big change. But 30, 40, 50, you know, not a, not a lot. You know, a lot has happened in my life through those decades. But, you know, you still have kids at home. You're still parenting. You're still building your career. You're still doing all the things. You're, you know, you're fighting the good fight. Yeah. And what a difference in generations. Because I was thinking about our maternal grandmother and she was she was just 41 when you were born like that's wild like she was a grandparent (laughs) at 41 and and while I'm not 50 I will say that I'm in the middle of my 40s and so I'm thinking I if I lived her life I would be a grandma right now yeah so yeah how different it is um in the generations um yeah I mean but I certainly I know people I have friends that are in their 40s and who are grandparents, um, you know, just because they started their families earlier. So you and yeah. I, we, we, we waited a little while before we did that. Yeah. So. And, and I can't say it was entirely intentional, but I certainly, you know, I, it's hard for me to imagine being a grandparent at this time. And, I, and certainly I don't I don't, you know, look, you know, I, I feel like there are still some years ahead before my oldest uh, is there. So I. Um, but yeah, being a grandparent at 41, you, there's still so much in your life. You're still trying to figure out in your forties, I mean, even at 50, I'm still trying to figure out what am I going to be when I grow up? So, yeah, um, <laughs> I can't imagine, you know, parenting and grandparenting that young, just, it, it boggles my mind. And, you know, part of me wants to say, well, life was less complicated back then. Well, I don't know. I mean, it's certainly different now, but I don't know that it's, was any less complicated I'd have to really think about that yeah I just think yeah you know because you have a young adult daughter and I've got an older uh, teenage son and you know just and we've got these kids on the emerging into adults and it's so weird to think about because I'm still parenting you know and I still foresee a lot of parenting to come you know as I just help my kids navigate what it is to be in the world and on their own. And like our grandparents had launched their kids by this time. Um, So yeah, that's pretty wild. It just, was it a brave step? Were they just more brave or was it just like, that's just what you did? You know, did they, (laughs) you, uh, you know, in a lot of ways, I feel like we talk to our kids about things more than maybe our parents would have been talked to about, you know, yeah, you know, now that you mention it, I had not even thought of that, but even sociologically, we're seeing a delay in these these teens that we have now. You know, I started to see it years ago where kids were, you know, I, I couldn't wait till I got my driver's license and I could drive. I mean, I remember illegally mm. driving on the road, you know, between, you know, a few blocks, even as a, you know, as a 15 year old you know I just couldn't wait to drive and now you see kids that are like yeah I'm not really interested in getting a driver's license maybe when I'm 18 maybe you know so I just think that when they're 50 you know when they're looking back I I just wonder how are we uh, I don't even know what the term was you know youthifying future generations by you know we are a little bit older at, at a stage and still not you know in a family sense, as far along as maybe our grandparents were. I don't don't know. I mean, I think we're going through a kind of a, a big shift in society. Uh, I definitely think so. Remember, like, 
how many years ago was it? I don't even know, but that movie failure to launch. And it was all about, you know, these grown men who were still living at home and just kind of reaping the benefits. It wasn't that they weren't capable of being out of the house. And, um, I must, I must have watched that either before I had kids or when they were, when Ryder was really young, but you know, like I, I've always thought my whole time of parenting that I'm not raising a, a little boy. I'm raising a man now at, you know, according to his age, you know, we, I was del- developmentally appropriate in what I was doing with him and the expectations I put on him. But always the end goal was I want to raise a man, you know, an honorable, um, responsible, um, you know, contributor to society. Um, and, you know, uh, yeah, it's so it's just really interesting. But even then, with that intention and in raising him, it, he, he's not ready, uh, you know, and it's not uh, I'm trying to be real careful to make sure it's not a matter of I'm not ready because it's not about me. Right. It's about yeah. him. And, you know, he, he's not ready yet. And I just think of all of the things that he still needs to learn and um, kind of master yeah. before where I could send him out in the world without some, I, I, you know, I guess I think there'll always be a little bit of like fear and, you know, worry because I'm a mom, but you know, how to be able to launch him with confidence on my part and on his part, you know, that's pretty, it's pretty interesting to think about. So that, that, that's true. How was your, what, how did you experience launching, you know, like, you know that and it's interesting that that you bring that up because i you know as you know and and nobody else listening to this note you know i spent a lot of time reflecting on turning 50 and kind of my journey as an adult you know moving from teen into adult and things and uh you know obviously i've launched i'm out in the world i you know i have kids of my own i have a career of my own and you know and i've experienced you know, a lot of the things that everybody experiences, buying homes and cars and, you know, going through all the evolutions of adult life. But, you know, I'm, I find that I'm still learning. I'm still learning about myself. You know, I, you know, I can navigate the world and I'm, you know, doing the things that I need to do. But, you know, that process of discovery really starts to internalize the older you get, because, you know, you, you gain a level of intelligence and you move out into the world and you start doing things, but that internal reflection, you, you continue to grow and develop as a person. And so, you know, I've, you know, how did I launch? I, you know, I launched the best I could as, you know, as everybody does, you know, they do what they have, you know, what, you know, they do what they can with what they have in the place they are in life. You know, and that's kind of been my mantra is just, you know, do whatever you can. And, um, you know, along the way, you just learn, discover, grow, you know, and and try to adapt to things. So I'm still launching. <laughs> I, there's, no, there's no, you know, I, I've, I've not reached escape velocity, velocity, as they say, you know, that's, you know, maybe that's. Uh, the the life after this is when when you you know f- you feel it you finally fulfill your you know yeah you've completed the cycle but um, yeah I can still see there's still more self discovery and and learning and growing along the way and certainly parenting does that to you I mean parenting makes you face questions 
that, you know, maybe you've not even, even contemplated before because, you know, these little people that we're, that we're raising, you know, they, they push back on us, they question everything and, you know, they want, they want to have their own, you know, a sense of independence and, um, you know, and it's, you know, it's our life experience and our, our wisdom and maturity that tries to instruct them. But, you know, they, sometimes they just don't want to believe it. They just have to experience it for themselves. And, you know, it's, you know, try doing that parenting with somebody who's got just as good a vocabulary as you and, you know, a, a <laughs> sense of identity and, and a willfulness, you know, it, it, it's challenging. Yeah. Um, it's like the greatest challenge I've ever had. It's the oh. hardest job and the greatest privilege probably. So I just thoroughly enjoy it. If I could have had, you know, five more kids and afforded to live life, I probably would have. But then now I think of my energy level and the strain, you know, like when everything's good, it's good. But when there are hard times, oh, so then that's why I know that I didn't have four or five more kids. So (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Oh, wow. So in short, turning 50 feels great, is great, you know, but there's still a lot of life and a lot of growing to do. You know, grownups, so my perception as a younger person, a kid, a teenager, even just maybe in my early 20s, like grownups had it together. So were they just faking it all that time? (laughs) Or like, is there something different or odd or off about us that, you know, I am ready to admit to anyone that I don't have it all together I mean, I think I function pretty well in the world, but, you know, I still like, like you, you know, it's still learning. We're still launching all of that. Do you, did something change or did, do we just, do people fake it really well? <laughs> well, I, I, you know, I think if, if we talk to our parents, they would say, yeah, we, yeah, I didn't know. I, you know, I was guessing I was doing the best we can. Part of it was, is probably, as, as younger people, we were oblivious to, you know, the doubts, you know, I'm sure there was probably cracks in the armor that we could see the doubt and, and, and the anxiety that they had. But I do think that in society, there is a, there's a greater willingness to face and admit to a person's own shortcomings. You know, I don't know what I don't know. And I'm not afraid to say that, you know, I, I think that, um, yeah, I, I don't I don't know. I, I think there is, you know, just when you as you hear people talk and you read things, I think there is a greater willingness to um, be authentic and and more vulnerable in that sense. And I think maybe we were when we were growing up, you know, fake it till you make it was more a, 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 a lifestyle. Right. You know, maybe. Yeah, there's also that thing about like don't show your weakness um because they might eat you like what am I thinking of like (laughs) um you know some you know national geographic wild (laughs) lesson that I might have learned along the the way I don't know yeah Yeah. so uh yeah well this is this is good. We can keep talking. I have another topic but if you think that no we should draw it draw this podcast to a close we can 
I want to know what your other topic is because you've piqued my curiosity. Oh, okay. Well, here we go. So, oh, yeah, I can um, I can hear the excitement in your voice now. You're dying for me to say that. No, no, I just, yeah. I mean, this could be a whole other topic, but so, um, you know, I don't know when these are going to be published per se, but it's it's all going to be relevant, you know, in relating to COVID and. You know, you live in a different state uh, than I do, but our our governors seem to be pretty aligned in how they are handling things. And, um, you know, I work at a place where we're making decisions about, um, you know, do we just comply? You know, I mean, we want we we have a spirit of we want to comply. We want to be on board. We want to do what's safe and best for everyone else. But there's also that you know, when is enough enough? Like when the founders of our country came together, you know, there was a point where they said enough is enough. We're going to, you know, put the stake in the ground. You were, this is the line that we're, we're not going to let you cross or that we're not going to cross. Like, you know, they just made it out. You know, the reason we have, you know, our bill of uh, constitution and the bill of rights is like, because if our, you know, government is stepping, overstepping their bounds, then we know we have the right to defend and to revolt and to revolution, right? Yes. So uh, what I'm struggling with is, like, I want to be for what's safe. I want to be for everyone. I want to honor each person, each individual's choices in the matter. But... I, I wonder if however many years down the line, when, when this is, when this crisis, this pandemic and this crisis is behind us, or, you know, when we are looking back, are we giving up anything or like, you know, how do we know when to draw the line that we saw our founding fathers draw the line? Because I'm seeing it. There are people out there but they kind of look a little ridiculous to me at times, but then it's the whole, the slippery slope and the, you know, how do we figure out when is the right time to draw the line? And because you're a little more, well, you're a lot more political, um, politically minded than I am, you know, more, I'm going to guess that you're more familiar with the constitution than I am. I just wanted to, to get a feel for what, how you would answer that question. When, when, when or where do we draw the line? Well, first, yeah, that's a, a very good and relevant question. And here's what I, here's the encouraging part of it. I, you know, without taking sides on this first comment, you know, I think it's, I think it's important and, um, and actually a, a, you know, a great thing to say about our country that we can have this debate. You know, I think that if our country was all one-sided that, you know, everybody has to wear a mask and, you know, has to abide by these rules and everybody did it, that would not necessarily be a good thing because in the sense that I'm not, and I'm not talking about a public safety, public health issue, but in a sense that our society had grown so accustomed to just taking orders from the government that we just blindly did everything they said. That's, that's not good. So the fact that we have a public debate and some pushback and have these discussions, and, and I really wish they would become discussions and not just outright, um, you know, 
fights and and things like that i think that's Mm -hmm. a good thing um on you know and and this is honestly this is something that you know it's it's going to be debated for years after this is all over you know so much of this pandemic is going to change society permanently and i don't mean in a sense that the government has this absolute control or that we'll all be wearing masks all the time but it's going to change things because, you know, institutions will internalize the lessons from this time period and, you know, legislatures will debate it and, you know, there will be things that come out of it. And I, you know, it's important that we have, you know, a a very robust discussion around it. So, you know, is the government overstepping? Are they pushing too, too much too far? Um, You know, I think that, you know, we all as a country need to do everything we can to protect each other. And too often, I think what the government sees is that, you know, they see this division. They see people who are who will just not comply. And so they do everything they can to get everybody on this on the on board with it. Uh, I personally that's a good question. You know, I, I wear a mask. I comply. I follow rules, not because the government says so, but because I care about the people around me and I want them to be healthy and safe and protected. And I want to know that I did my part. Mm-hmm. You know, if somebody gets sick, I don't want, I don't want to be the one, the weak link in, in the, in the process. Um, and I wish more people would think that way, not because, you know, I, you know, I'm going to do what the government says, but because of we really don't know, you know, a lot about this uh, virus still, you know, and there's so many conspiracy theories running around and things like that. And to it's premature to buy into one side or the other. I think mm-hmm. the science is becoming more and more solid on the on the virus side. Um, you know, we're no, learning more and more about it. And certainly we'll know more probably after this is over than we do now. But why, why take the risk? You know, I, you know, I watch TV and I see interviews with actual family members who lost, you know, both sets of parents or, you know, multiple grandparents because they all got together for a birthday party and somebody had it who was young and not showing symptoms and it wiped them out. And yeah. I think, why? What? That was so senseless. It, it, the sense of pride that, I, you know, nobody can tell me how to live. Okay, you know, fine. But you just told your grandparent or your parent, you don't get to live anymore. You just told them how to live because you passed along to something that killed them. I mean, I mean, you know, in the Bible, you know, what does it say? Pride goes before a fall you know god resists the proud i mean you know and i'm i'm not trying to rain down biblical judgment on these people but you know there's some truth to that that you know you don't know what you don't know so it's better to play it safe than to put things at risk um yeah i so i have worked at um a a church my entire adult life. So I'm a a pastor and, um, it, this is such a hard season for everyone. 
and I would say in my role, and I'm not the lead pastor, but I, you know, am a help to an advisor to our lead pastor. And uh, the fight that has happened, you know, just the polarization over the pandemic and, and how the, the government is handling it and everything. Um, there's just, you can't win. If you say at our church, we are going to wear masks, then people are offended. And then if you say, okay, well, we're not going to wear masks or we're not going to require masks, then the people who are, have legitimate fear of the virus or those who are, you know, maybe just easily, you know, I don't know. That's unfair. I probably wish yeah. I could rewind that. Um, but anyways, they're mad. Then they're mad. So it's like, you really cannot win Yeah. either way. And so um, just because I want to follow, let's just follow the golden rule, you know, love your neighbor yeah. as yourself and do unto others as you would have them do to you. Well, then I don't see the harm and I don't have a problem wearing a mask because to some other people, if I chose not to wear a mask, that would be seen as unloving yeah, and uncaring. And so that's where I fall on it. But at some point in this, so it's really not about the mask, but it's really about the restrictions that the government is putting on us. And I have to say that this is, but like we have federal laws and we have state laws and we have a president and we have a governor. And so this is the beauty of how our country was set up, right? That the, the, they're putting it, the federal government is allowing the state government to kind of say yeah. what goes in their space. And like, that's how it's supposed to be. Yeah. Like, I think I would be more concerned and scared of a federal um, dictate saying what you will and what you won't do. Um, it's better that it's at the a smaller government level. But, you know, I'm concerned, like, I'm, are we going to look back and say, oh, we got it wrong? Because there are people in the world, there are people in history who will look back and say, oh, we're, we were so far off. You know, like, I, I got to talk to a friend this week who um, her father uh, immigrated from Germany. Um, and he was a child and a teenager at the time of Hitler. And I was saying to her, it would be so interesting to talk to your dad and just because he wasn't an adult, he wasn't a decision maker, but, you know, just to be there in that position of, you know, and I don't know, I assume, well, I found out that his mother did not approve of Hitler or anything like that, but they're stuck. Like that's their country. Yeah. And, you know, what, what about those generations that could say, you know, cause Hitler did some good things for Germans at the beginning. Right. I mean, that's how he got his rise to popularity and, and everything, but then, Oh boy, did they get that wrong? Right. Yeah. So um, maybe that's not the best example, but that's the one I have to give. So at what point are we going to know, or like, I don't want to have that regret. Like, man, did we get this wrong? You know, we gave up freedom that we shouldn't have given up. And now we've got ourselves in a, you know, a big pickle, you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, and I, I, I think um, you're right. And, and I think that's what a lot of people are afraid of. But, you know, again, I think the debate is so strong right now that you know no, nobody it's it's not like this is sliding in the back 
you know, coming in the back door and we didn't, nobody was aware and nobody, you know, I think everybody's fully aware of what's happening and what the implications are. And I think that that heightened awareness will prevent it from going too far. Uh, you know, and, you know, if you want to go back to after September 11th and the Patriot Act, you know, that legislation came together very quickly and was implemented. And it was just under this, this sense of fear that everything happened. And when people started to analyze it, they ha started having big problems with, wow, okay, did we really want, uh, <laughs> you know, all this power to go to the federal government uh, and to give them permission to do these things? You know, we've given up freedom for security. And I don't know if it, if everything that was involved in that was, you know, a, a, a good exchange. A really justified yeah. need for what, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, it's certainly <laughs> something to keep aware of and, you know. Yeah, I just, I want somebody to tell me, like, okay, this is where we draw the line. Like, when they ask for this, or well, not ask, but when they demand this or whatever, um, because I, I believe in our constitution and I believe in our, um, you know, in our freedom and our rights, but at the same time, like we just, you know, said, we're sensitive to a pandemic, a virus that could take out loved ones that, you know, yeah, yeah like where it's, it's walking a tightrope. I feel like we're walking a tightrope, um, and it's only going to get more intense as my is my estimation or my leaning. So, yeah. And like I said, I, you know, this will be debated this, you know, this will be the subject of entire classes in university on all levels, you know, not yeah. just political science, but, you know, in, ethics and philosophy and all of that. And know. in finance, in health, in everything, this, this will, this will, saturate so many different disciplines and you know be studied for so long um you know it's and the, you know this is kind of the tip of the iceberg I, you know there are probably other changes certainly the the work from home movement you know that was something that people had played with for many years and now it's it's become a reality and it's you know for some people it will never go back for you know for me, right. I, I may never go to work in an office again uh, as a result of this. And, you know, certainly we want the kids to go back to school, but I think we're showing that that too is possible. It's very imperfect. Very <laughs> I can, imperfect. I can, I can say from personal experience, it is. <laughs> and it, and, and the, this, this idea of depression, I mean, I don't want to get off in too many tangents, but this depression among, you know, kids in school, especially high schoolers. I don't have any grade schoolers, but it's a real thing. It really it, is. It's, so. Yes, it is. Yeah. I'm, it, yeah. And I'm desperate for my kids to be back in school. Um, but yeah, it, it's, but, 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 it's rough. I feel like I just have a lot of questions and no answers. And and I'm losing trust in the answers that I, that the media is trying to pass on. So, yeah. well, and just to look forward, and I'm a big proponent of looking far, far forward. That that's just part of my uh, discipline from college because of the things I studied. But you know, this generation that's growing up with these restrictions, you know, as they become adults and, and grow older, 
I think they're going to be very sensitive to it. And, you know, mm-hmm. I don't think they're going to be a generation that's just going to take things lightly and just, you know, follow the crowd. I think that, you know, they will be instilled with this sense that, no, we need to question and pull and push back a little bit. We're not going to just accept every mandate that comes down. So. There are a lot of um, things that inform how we handle this. So, yeah, yeah, I mean, it's a different story. If you live, if you are someone or live with someone who's immunosuppressed, you definitely take this um, much more seriously and, and internalize it to a very much a higher degree. If you are not in that scenario, then it's easier to hold on to some uh, resentment and, uh, yeah, and just struggle. rebellion (laughs) rebellion but see i have friends and i know people who from the very beginning they're like no i'm not doing the mask thing um where i didn't even think about it it was just kind of it felt like a common sense thing to me and it's like it's a small request in order to you know alleviate suffering but but you know with from those people, from those friends and people I know, it was like, nope, it was a ridiculous request from the very beginning. Yeah. Um, and I'm like, what do they know or what are they discerning that I'm not discerning right now? And I don't have an answer for that. So, yeah, I don't either. I, you know, people, people make choices and they have to live with the consequences. That's, um, you know, unfortunately, you know, some of them are living with very tragic consequences as a result. And I, I don't wish that on anybody's. I don't, I don't mean to say that flippantly, but, yeah, um, you know, I, I hope they kind of step back and, and rethink it. Wow. We went from turning 50 is easy and fun <laughs> to pandemic life is hard. So, well, because you turned 50 during the pandemic. So, yeah. It's all connected. It's all related. But exactly. Yeah. Okay. So do we have takeaways from this? <laughs> um, so you highly recommend turning 50, it sounds yeah. like. So yeah. I will look forward to it now and not approach that year with dread. Exactly. And, um, you know, let this be one place where the conversation can begin about how the pandemic has changed our world and and um, let's grow from that. Those are my takeaways. Mine too. Very good. Okay, we never came up with a, an outro tagline or anything unless it's just stoners out, but I appreciate the conversation. Yeah, um, it's always good. And I'm just going to hold on to stoners out until I come up with something better. Okay, So I'll work on that too. All right, stoners out. Stoners out. Love you, sis. Love you.